Slightly damp part of the world. Tom Kearney here. The Tom Kearney Show is in this hour, 9 to 10, Monday through Friday. And it's a little bit of live and in real-time radio where we try to bring you programs that entertain and uh, while entertaining, maybe teach you something too, educate. And uh, one of our... You can choose your words carefully when you do this. I, I once called this, this, this group... Uh, Actually, did this too. Uh, uh, Maddox coins and stamps. Our oldest, well, one of the members is my age, the dad and the son, who is working in the business now and has taken it over to, to some degree. And who will be our guest tonight? Mr. Austin Maddox. Uh, he's the he's the younger part of it. But it's coins and stamps, and they've been in in business since the 1960s, and they've been. Uh, guest on this program since the the early 1990s, and before that, going back to the mid-70s, they were a, a guest of our predecessor, Bart Redner's Open Line. And so, uh, and the interesting thing over the years, uh, however arcane it may seem, is that uh, the collection, uh, well, collectibles have always been popular, but but uh, the collectible of uh, stamps and coins and and, and other things that uh, that uh, Maddox Coins and Stamps engages in continues to be something of interest. And uh, we don't get a landslide of telephone calls about them, but, but we get enough that say, when are you going to have those stamp and coin people on again? Well, they're going to be on tonight. Dawson, are you there? You. Dawson? Yeah, I, I can hear you. Okay, I, I, I wasn't sure. I was giving you kind of a long and Blustery inter, uh, introduction tonight, uh, <laughs> and re, you know, relating the history of the engagement between Maddox Coins and Stamps, which goes back to about 1975, and this program and its predecessor, because Mr. Rittner yeah. uh, was uh, was had your dad on a, a lot of times, and uh, sure. But anyway, uh, we're going to talk about coins and stamps tonight, and uh, we, we we end up. We started a long time ago, not just being the standard question is, well, I got a nickel, how much it is, what is it worth? We still answer that question, and when I say we, I'm speaking corporately because mm-hmm. the brain to the outfit is Austin. I'm the radio guy. I just keep time <laughs> and keep him on the air and everything. But but he will answer that question if you've got a penny or a quarter or some strange foreign coin, if he knows the answer, and if he doesn't, he will suggest some avenue in which you could find an answer. But also mm-hmm. coins and stamps. Are examples of of art. They're, 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 you can, they tell something about history. And also, I don't know if I've ever told you. Uh, I used to my insurance man, my automobile insurance mm-hmm. man, used to be. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of his name right now. Mm-hmm. Mr. Santo, Santo Tomas uh, was from Cuba, and he'd come to the United mm-hmm. States when uh, Castro took over uh, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, a little openness. Freedom, etc., and he had, yeah. he'd, he'd actually gone to state, I think, and and he came to Raleigh because that's the one place in in America that he had been. And he, uh, I was in his office one day discussing insurance with him, and he had these fi- f- uh, framed stamps mm-hmm. from Cuba. And I uh, said, "Well, yeah. are you a stamp collector?" And he said, "No, no, I just think they're pretty," and but yeah. they, and they were. And so uh, that 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 story just to illustrate that. And uh, that's right. Well, there's many famous, uh, there are many stamps, coins, et cetera, have been 
engraved design sculpted by famous, you know, world famous artists, truly. Right. I, some of you know some. I think the guy that did the Mount Rushmore statues may have done some stamps, and there was a man named Augustus St. Gaudens. That's right. A, you you probably know about him who did uh, statues and things like that uh, mm-hmm. in the 19th century, and I think he may have done some coins too. So one of our probably most famous designs, and that is the uh, twenty dollar gold coin. Right. Uh, you know, known as the known as the Saint Gaudens. Okay. I did not so know popular, that. I, that's I how know, we know it by his name. I know about him because I was uh, I have read a biography of a man named Henry Adams, who was the mm-hmm. uh, grandson of John Quincy Adams and the great grandson of John Adams. Uh, and he, uh, his wife, uh, died relatively young. Actually, she committed suicide to tell you the truth. But he was fairly sure. well off, and he uh, had her uh, mausoleum, her. Uh, wherever she was buried, had a statue done by St. Gaudens. He could afford to do that. And so I think it's in Rock Rock Creek Park in Washington, D.C., as a matter of fact. One can can drive there and see it. But uh, works of art. And the staff are are like that, too. You know, I was thinking tonight one thing, Austin, as I was coming up to the program, because you and I have to be prepared to talk about a number of different things if we want to be entertaining and and, uh, educational to our to our clients, to our people that are listening, that coins, mm-hmm. the two things that we concentrate on, and coins are one of the oldest representations, and that is mm-hmm. somewhere some thousand of years or more before uh, the birth of Christ. And so it would be, uh, what was it they used to call it? B.C., it, they call it something that's else. That's right. Now. I mean, before the common era now, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Coins were being stamped. I think your dad brought one one night. And, yeah. It was a BC 600 Greek coin. I said uh, mm-hmm. to him, I said, Doug, this is the oldest man-made thing that I have ever held in my hand. And, yep, exactly. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That one, it, I, I'm agreeing with you. That it is exactly one of the easily oldest things designed, built, created by a human uh, that you can hold. And once they. Uh, Things in, in ancient civilizations, Phoenicians, Egyptians, whatever, matured to the point that they were doing a lot of trading. Um, mm-hmm. Something like a coin had to be had to come into existence, so they wouldn't always have to engage in barter, and that is haul the whole right. apparatus over there just to buy something. Uh, they mm-hmm. could just take a bag of coins, and where the gold had been turned into to coins. Now the reason right. I started this is I want to flip it now because stamps are relatively new because the first that's right stamp that's uh, right. Uh, that uh, the, the British were I think the first to use uh, adhesive mm-hmm. stamps and I think 1840 is the date and I know that only because one day when Mrs. Kearney and I were in Bath with from where that stamp was sent on the first day yep. uh, mm-hmm. I stumbled into the, 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 the postal museum I was you know do my, filling up time while she was shopping. And and I said, well, I'll just have to remember this. This is something that uh, Doug Maddox would get a big kick out of. And I think he may oh, have yeah. been there or certainly he knew about it. I think it was a penny black or something. Is what they, exactly. They exactly. Guess, I always like for you to say exactly because it makes me feel like I passed the test. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'll let you know if you catch it wrong, but so well, far, I, you're I, 100%. Well, well, I've learned a lot about 
stamps and coins from your dad. And over the years, yeah. he's been with us a lot, and you've been with us a lot, too. So I've learned a lot about coins and stamps and so on. Um, you know, from uh, from essentially when they started coins, really, you know, from the from the beginning to, to from the beginning on, coins were really a consistent thing and spread worldwide quickly. Same same with stamps. Once that first penny black went out, it, it they blew up into you know the new norm very quickly. Uh, currency is actually not that way. The first currency, paper currency, I, I should say. Uh, was in China in the 1200s. Uh, I think the Ming Dynasty it was. And paper currency didn't pick up. E- even in China, uh, it still it was not terribly u- uh, used a whole lot. It didn't pick up until the mid around the mid 1600s. And even then, it it still was really something obscure. But I I remember. I used to be a history teacher, and I, of course, I taught American history. And and uh, one of the things, if you teach American history and you know about it, you have to learn about it, is the advent of paper currency. And there was mm-hmm. a lot of fights over it. Uh, oh yeah. They the people involved in trading products and, uh, and having a medium to buy and sell stuff wanted to deal with hard currency, something where there was actually some gold and actually some mm-hmm. silver in that coin. You know, they weren't. Absolutely. And, and a good bit of the story of, of money in, in the modern world is to have exchanged that, that reality of the actual content or faith mm-hmm. in the coin. You've you got to believe it's worth a dollar now rather than have a dollar's worth of silver in it or something That's like right. that. That's right. Uh, but uh, uh, there are lots of... Uh, Paper was much harder to convince. The, the worldwide, it, it wasn't just in the U.S. Yeah. But but if you if you if you could be convinced that the that the government of the U.S. stood behind it, I can remember exactly. when when my father and I we were discussing. It was when I was in college, and he was always kind of cantankerous. And, and they, that was in the '60s when they took the silver out of the quarter. I don't yep. think most mm-hmm. quarters since 1964 or somewhere along in there have had any silver in them. And uh, and. Uh, he was. He just said that you know the government's running our money. You know they're taking all the precious metals out of it and so on and so. Mm-hmm. Well, I said, okay, he's he's got a quarter in his hand and it's uh, one that's got silver in it. And I've got one in my hand. It's the new quarter. And we go over to the drink machine. I said, okay, Dad, put yours in there. And he gets a coke, and I put mine. And I get a coke. What's the difference? So right. I get the coke. The machine yep. thinks they're the same thing. You know. And, and right. And, and as long as people think they're the same thing and buy them, it's faith is what exactly. it is. It's faith that you will get get something. But a good bit of the early history of America in like the early 19th century, when like Andrew Jackson was around, was establishing some medium. And it was only when they got into the Civil War and didn't mm-hmm. have enough precious metal to make enough money that they started making mm-hmm. money out of paper. Right. Because they had to buy war material, and, and, and there was... Uh, well, there you go. It's kind of like with the stuff we're faced with now. We're we're spending in America money that uh, is paper money now because of mm-hmm. the, having to deal with the economic crisis engendered by the the virus and the virus itself. And so uh, we're that's spending, right. We're spending money that's borrowed money, and it's borrowed and it's it's paper money. Oh, they didn't come here to get a history lesson, but then again, maybe <laughs> they did. Uh, well, you could even uh, extrapolate a little further, and some countries. Sweden, for example, are 
moving away from any tangible currency at all. Um, you, it, you don't, it, uh, just on the street, people don't transact with paper currency nearly at all, and it's designed that way. Uh, the, the banks, if you walk into a bank, I think it's a little bit of a rigmarole to, to get paper banknotes that just, right. they, they've, all, they've kind of begun moving past it. I well, now, if I was walking down, you said Sweden, I think, didn't you? Correct. If I was walking down the streets of Stockholm and well, let's just say they had a hot dog and I wanted to buy it, what, what do I have to have a card? Well, yeah, you know, there's there's just so many digital ways to pay card. Even, you know, your phone, you can have electronic uh, right. set up. Yeah, I didn't think and about in reality, that. reality, you know, in reality, the paper money you, you hold it in is, is represented somewhere by on a computer. So. It's, right. Uh, when, yeah. Once it goes somewhere and it's deposited, it turns into to uh, a data know, what point. I'm trying to say digital representation. Yeah. Printed sure. up somewhere, and, and I didn't. You 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 answered obviously the right thing because the card these days is being replaced by the smartphone and the smart device. Sure. Uh, sure. And uh, uh, once again, Austin, I'm behind the times. <laughs> well, <laughs> we all are. I can't get caught up, but uh, but it, it's uh, interesting. Well, I'm, we need to find out if we need to take a break here, and when we come back, find out if you've got any uh, if anything has happened interesting in the world of stamps or coins. Has there been a, um, a well? I read the other day, for instance, in the paper. Uh, I'm an old Pittsburgh Pirate fan, and Hannes Wagner yeah. was a Pittsburgh Pirate, and he is represented in a, in an early uh, 20th century baseball card. A collector, okay. and it was sold the other day for, and it, it's been known for years that it existed, and it's been sold mm. several times, and it's always the biggest price for a baseball card ever. You know, it keeps yeah. going up, and so yeah. anything like that that you know of, and so there was a Mickey Mantle card, and two mm-hmm. or three. I know that everybody's always trying to find the Mickey Mantle uh, rookie card because they weren't That's many right. put out, and so. But any any anything you read that. Uh, the stamp and coin magazines and deal with that sure. stuff. And so we'll talk about that some when we come back. Listeners, you're listening to WPTF. Yours truly, Tom Kearney here. We're here every night, Monday through Friday from uh, 9 to 10 with a little bit of live and in real time radio. And uh, Austin Maddox is our guest tonight. He is Maddox Coins and Stamps. And somewhere down the road, in fact, probably right after we take the half hour news break, we're going to get him to tell us how you can get in touch with him if you want to and where they're. Relatively sure. new office is located, but we're going to take a break now and then come back and talk about maybe news of stamps and coins. Coins and stamps, and we're talking about those things, in fact, tonight. Austin, are you there? Hey, yeah, I'm here. Okay, I always like to check. I don't trust this electronic stuff sometimes. We've got, uh, we went a little long on the first quarter of the program, so the second yeah. quarter is going to be foreshortened, and actually we're going to have about okay. three minutes, so I'll be interrupting you in about three minutes so we can go right. and uh, talk about the news and so on. Uh, you know, when I went away, I teased the audience in terms of saying, maybe Austin will come back and tell us if he's read about any, mm-hmm. uh, rather like the, the baseball card deal, about any big deals, mm-hmm. uh, any coin that uh, sold for $6 million or something. Uh, sure. Uh, well, so I, I don't this was this is not exactly quite like that, but there was uh, there was a coin released from the U.S. Mint this this week or la- end of last uh, end of last week 
that was a commemora- uh, com- commemorating the 75th anniversary of the end of World, World War II. I have got that right. Um, so it's a special one-ounce silver coin and one-ounce gold coin uh, marked, you know, 2020, of course. Um, and it's got a privy mark, which means it is something like a counter stamp. So they've added a, you know, they've, they've stamped an additional marking into the coin, which is a, that says, you know, 75, a 75. So this is, was a special release. Uh, they only printed, uh, only minted 1,945 of the gold coins, which may sound like a lot, but in comparison, for instance, the normal 2020 without the extra marking, uh, they, mu- they probably did half a million. So we're talking about, you know, uh, one five hundredth of a normal production, give or take. So... Uh, needless to say, it was a very hot item uh, as soon as the mint made it, and it sold out within seconds. Uh-huh. Now, let me guess. This is something that probably is meant for display or putting in your in your collection. Everything. Could if I had one, though, could I spend it? Is it legal? Technically, spending? yes. Absolutely, it is denominated, but it would, of course, you know, the the value far exceeds its denomination. All right, now. I always like to to get a book. You know, sometimes they make limited productions of books, and it says, sure. you know, this is mm-hmm. book number twenty of one hundred. You know, and that really right, adds exactly. value to it. I'm a big fan of antiques roadshow, so I get. Oh I, yeah. I, I like to watch this stuff, but if a guy, you know, like well, the guy Adams that I mentioned earlier, whose wife, uh, yeah. Saint Gaudens, uh, he was fairly well off, and he he wrote a book called The Education of Henry Adams. And he only had about a thousand copies presented, or five hundred, or a small number, because he was just going to give it to his friend. He didn't intend to sell it, and uh, it had the marking in the front. This is number two of five hundred, and and that would add a great deal of value. I warned you that we wouldn't take very long here, and we didn't. Hold on to all of those thoughts because we'll come back right after we check the news. Our first show is on tonight. It's Friday. Austin Maddox of Maddox Points and Stamps is our guest, and that is what we're talking about. But before we go back to talk to Austin, I need Hi. to uh, update you uh, on uh, something uh, that uh, uh, the local mechanic wants you to know, the King's Auto Service people want you to know. So when servicing your car, you need to know that about your cycle of service. Your cycle of service begins the month that you buy your car, that cycle does not necessarily match with the normal seasonal changes and dates that one might have their car serviced or might go by the owner's manual. At King's Auto Service, they will schedule your service intervals based on that cycle for your car. For those using synthetic oil or driving limited miles, you may want to go months past the normal service time based. You might want to change your oil every nine months instead of every three months, or you might want to change it uh, with an extended number of miles. In any event, uh, uh, King's Auto Service will try to schedule your services uh, that are appropriate for your cycle. For those using synthetic oil, as we said, and driving lesser miles, you may go months past the normal service based on those miles, and uh, you will need to schedule your services appropriately two to three times a year, probably. During your services, Kings will check wipers, 
seatbelt, tires, and transmission fluid levels. For those of you who are currently driving a Toyota Prius or some other hybrid car, uh, the certified hybrid technicians at King's will be able to refurbish your high-voltage battery pack for less than the dealer would engage to do the same activity. These changes need to be made, by the way, at about 150,000 miles. So call King's tomorrow to schedule a courtesy battery analysis. King's Auto Service and King's Correct to Lube, along with the state inspection station, are easily found at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingsautomotive.net on the web. King's Auto uh, in Raleigh's uh, most reliable auto service uh, since 1946. And I can testify because I walk the walk. I, I have two cars, Mrs. Kearney and I do, and they spend their time when they need to be serviced at King's Auto. Now, back to tonight's program when we're talking about uh, coins and stamps. And as I said earlier, one of the oldest uh, things that man has that are, is a collectible and one that's relatively, I say here, I say relatively, because the first adhesive postage stamp that I know about was a, used in about 1840 and so mm-hmm. on. Austin, are you ready to go now? I'm ready. Good, good. good. I, had to get, <laughs> I had to talk about our friends at King's Auto. That's right. Uh, we need to talk about our friends at Matters Coins and Stamps now, though, because all for yay many years, every, ever since I had known, you were located at a certain place on Oberlin Road. And then, uh, yeah. what was it, about two years ago? We're getting close to it, yes. Yeah, you, 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 the, the place where you were located was sold and, and, and mm-hmm. it was going to be changed and so on. So you, That's right. you had to find a new place, but you didn't go far. You're still on Oberlin right. Road. You just moved about four or five blocks up the street. Tell us about it, address, right. telephone numbers, all that stuff, or where we can find you now. Sure. So we're at 801 Oberlin Road now. Uh, we work by appointment only. Uh, so, And we're, of course, happy to help with any coins, currency, gold and silver, and stamps. And you you can reach us. Uh, our phone number is 919-832-2291. Or um, if you want to kind of go to the catch-all, our website is maddoxcoinsandstamps.com. You'll find all of our information there as well. And both coins and stamps have the S on them. Correct. And it's one long word, Maddox Coins and Stamps. Correct. And like I I've to... said before, if you Google Maddox Coins and Stamps or something even remotely close, you'll find us. Actually, that's what I do. Uh, I was just there you go. <laughs> being technical and putting the address, but I, I've Gave up with the WWWs years ago, and and my that's Google right. works just fine. And, and that's right. And that's how I, I I find you, and and so on. But eight three two three two nine one. What were we talking about uh, when before so you went away? We were talking about the new release of the uh, the seventy fifth anniversary of World War Two special gold and silver coin. Okay, and and, and uh, so the gold coin the gold coin we were talking about was a very low mintage. Sold out almost. Well, it did sell out immediately. It sold out within within seconds, um, and has subsequently gone through the roof in value because it's limited. It's new. You know, it's got all the it's got all the spices right now. Um, now, I do want to put a caveat out there. 
because, you know, I, I know I just said the value went way up and whoever got one is, if they've sold it now, has made a lot of money on it. However, most, in fact, you know, 99% maybe of the mint products that come out, that's not the case. So don't go out tomorrow and buy the next thing coming out, you know, hoping to to sell it quick and get rich. It's, it's just not the case. Uh, uh, so, it's kind of a case where that's not a good investment if you want to make money. Uh, it's not. Long term, you have man. to... You have to really you you have to know the market, you know, ahead of time. So, uh, a, a lot of people like to buy products directly from the mint when they first come out because they know exactly what they're getting. They're getting it directly from the mint. They're you know it's very accessible, uh, and that's fine. In most cases, you you know in, you'll pay the premium for it. In most cases, that you'll you'll pay more than you'll sell it for. However, again, it is very accessible very direct, and you, you know, you get to very comfortably collect what you like. Right. That, that, that was the best thing you said right there, then, what you like. If if it's something you want and you want to buy it, to put it in a, in a, a book or, or or hang it on the wall or whatever, you mm-hmm. know what you're getting, exactly. and, and it has a special value, I think, because of that. Because it's Exactly. Uh, it's, it came out on, on the day, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, uh, At the end of the day, coin collecting, stamp collecting, it's a hobby, and it should be viewed as a hobby first, uh, in my opinion, and uh, investment second. People, I, I find people get are too far too worried about the return on investment for coins because you do get a return on investment, whereas most hobbies you do purely for enjoyment, and there's no in-game to them at all. I like to think about how I, you know, you're, when you, as you go along in years, you, you get education from lots of different places, sometimes from sure. your school and sometimes from um, something you saw on TV or in a book or whatever. I learned this sense of value in this kind of stuff by listening to the radio. The first talk show I ever heard on the radio came from KDKA in Pittsburgh and a man named uh, King, Ed King. Yeah. And they, they couldn't even put the callers, they're like us, they couldn't put the callers on the air because they were technologically limited. But yeah, the, yeah. Ed King and his wife would tell you what the caller was saying. And the caller called up one night and they had a guest, and the guest was a person not unlike yourself. And uh, the guy asked, he said, I have a penny. And he described it and he said, how much is it worth? Now, what do you think he said the answer was? This is instruction. Uh, what you can sell it for, probably. It's what you can get for it. Yeah, that's that's what it's worth, and uh, that uh, I, I and uh, that was very instructive to me to to think about because there it, there was no innate value, uh, particularly if there wasn't any precious metals, Absolutely. and even precious metals uh, is what you can can get for them. By the Absolutely. way, I'm on, you know I'm on a kind of crusade about two or three things, and one of them is about that thing that I have just called a penny. Yeah, because there is no American penny. That's true. It's a one cent piece. The British have a penny. You knew That's that already, right. didn't you? Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get you to give me a job working for Maddox. That's right. <laughs> but no, no. But, you know, I think people get a kick out of knowing things like that. And maybe there's someone in our audience who will say, you guess what I learned on the radio last night? And that kind of thing. I saw uh, an yeah. ad in the. Uh, some magazine or something. I don't know where it was, but 
it was about the fact that a bag of Morgan dollars or something had been discovered. Sure. Uh-huh. And I can believe that that would happen because a lot of uh, historical sure. discoveries are made in somebody's attic, you know, where stuff has been put away. Oh, absolutely. Pardon me? Absolutely. Yeah, and so it could be that, you know, in some some bank storage room, there was over in the corner a bag of uh, never-been-touched uh, gold or silver coins. But sure. I, I was going to ask you what you think the likelihood of that was, and do you hear about things like that? Absolutely. Uh, we actually bought from one client, I think it was six or eight uh, full bags, so bags of a 1,000 uh, untouched, as you said, uncirculated Morgan dollars. So from this one client alone, and this is unusual, we, we've, we've probably not bought but maybe one other bag in our ever. This one client had somewhere between six to eight, so we're talking six to eight thousand uncirculated Morgan dollars still in original bank bags that, you know, their, their grandfather, I think, had purchased many moons ago and uh, who, who knows where from, how they got them, but, and they sat in a, in a attic or something for a hundred years. That's a good story. I like that story. Uh, now I know why you couldn't take me to lunch that day because you just bought off the scope. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm making this up, ladies and gentlemen, but, uh, but that's, but that's, but it's, it's a business like any other. And, uh, the, the it's the, the thing about the penny and how much you can get for it is mm-hmm. and another is another guise for supply and demand. Uh, it's well, it is. Yeah, stuff is worth exactly what this business is based on. It's a, it is all supply and demand. That's and, and that's exactly why that new coin that came out was has you know went from a issue price of let's uh, about almost three thousand to market value being twelve thousand. The the supply was small. The demand is big. And that's why Elvis stamps are not worth very much because there were so many, you know, millions or even, I don't know, there may have that's been right. millions of them sold, uh, you know, the fat Elvis and, and the skinny Elvis. Uh, um, let's talk a little bit in a moment because it's time for us to take another break. I, I get to talking some and, and enjoying myself so much here that I forget to take my breaks when I'm supposed to. And <laughs> the the producer, Mr. Sauter, does not look on that with the heat. He, he does not encourage me in that because he has a certain <laughs> schedule that he's got to play. So we're going to take a break now. But when we come back, you've, you've interviewed clients and you've dealt with clients. And, you, and, and, of course, I don't want to know the name of any client or anything like that. And oh. uh, But uh, maybe I could get from you a sense of uh, what people collect things for. You know, uh, the, let me tell you what, an example, and then we'll take our break. I, I ran into a guy one time, and he had been – moved by the mission of the March of Dimes when he was young. Yeah. Yeah, that was something mm-hmm. that was engendered by President Roosevelt having polio. And uh, they started raising dimes uh, to mm-hmm. cure polio. And, in fact, they did it. They eventually did it. The, if you give money to the March of Dimes today, it's used for to, to help deal with the problems connected to birth defects. It's, there's another cause sure. there. But, but this guy, he wanted to get at least one of every dime, you know, every, every mint mark, every place, every uh, head, you know, every whatever piece of art it was. And he, that's what he was collecting. And he just mm-hmm. said, you know, that's what had inspired him to become a collector. He wasn't yeah. interested in nickels or, or pennies or, 
or anything else. And so if you sure. know any interesting stories about that, it would be good to hear. We're talking with Austin Maddox, Maddox Coins and Stamps tonight, hopefully entertaining you and, and telling you some stuff you did not know. We're going to take a break, and then we'll be back. And we're back. We've got about four minutes left in the program tonight. It's 9.53. It's just about to click over now. And uh, our guest tonight, uh, and for that ensuing period, is Mr. Austin Maddox of Maddox Stamps and Coins. And uh, we've been talking about issues and peculiarities of things that have to do with stamps and coins tonight. And I asked Austin just before we left if he could think of any particular uh, people that maybe wanted to order a $50 gold piece that, that, that they only collected $50 gold pieces minted mm-hmm. in West Point, New York, which couldn't be the case because that would never happen. But any strange and curious stories like that, Austin? Oh, boy. I mean, uh, a million. A million. <laughs> well, that's what I thought well, would be a good topic. <laughs> you know, probably the most famous collection of U.S. coins, there was a gentleman who collected essentially the entire what's called the Red Book. So the Red Book is the a book that comes out yearly and, and has for a long time of every single U.S. coin. So it starts with colonial coins, you know, goes from half cents, one cent, three cents, uh, on, 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 up through $20 gold pieces. Uh, it tells you every date and mint mark and gives you a valuation, mintages, etc. So it's the yearly Bible of U.S. coins. So this gentleman collected the entire Red Book. So he had every known coin, every date, and mint mark combination uh, that existed. And that's kind of the ultimate goal. Now, subsequently, there have been a couple of coins that have been discovered uh, because he, he did this a good, uh, about 70, it's been about 70 years. So subsequently, there have been some new coins that have been discovered that he did not have. However, he did, at the time, collect what existed as the entire Red Book. He wasn't Hattie Green's again. son, was he? No, no. You know who Hattie Green was, don't you? Yes, but uh, no. Uh, <laughs> well, see, I ran I into Hattie so. Green one place, and your dad ran into her somewhere else. She was the Witch of Wall Street, and her son was right. a coin collector. And, and right, right. No, this, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it. So that's, you know, that's really the ultimate goal, I guess, for some collectors. Uh, there are two coins off the top of my head that are unique, meaning that there went. The word unique in collecting literally means one and only one exists, right. at least, or is known. Uh, so there's two coins that are unique off the top of my head. There might be one more. So to have the entire collection, you, you would need these these coins, that, and they might not come on the market, you know, for, a, for an entire lifetime. Now, you're a terrible tease, Austin, because you haven't told us what those two coins are. The there's a dime. I'm just putting your Oh no, I'm trying to pull up the. I actually saw the dime sell in Chicago a few about eight years ago, and I, I just can't come. I just can't bring the date of that dime to my mind. The the famous one is the twenty dollars St. Gaudens, okay. um, from the final year of mintage that was given to the K 
king of Egypt as a something kind of something like a diplomatic present. Uh, he was eventually deposed, thrown out, and his possessions sold, which included a legally attained coin, this this twenty dollars Saint Gaudens, uh, which is the only one in private hands. So. Uh, that one sold for about eight and a half million dollars, about fifteen, maybe twelve or fifteen years ago, and has not come on the market since. Uh, we should have been doing this all night tonight. Well, uh, your your assignment for your next next time you're on, <laughs> of course, you can kill me to go to, to the devil, you know, but is to find out the name of the other coin, you know, of the two you mentioned, and let us talk. Let's devote about ten minutes of the program to you know. To the odd, strange, and curious that you like you've been talking about. Can we do that? Of course. Well, I think that would be a good feature. Uh, it, it may be in the place of the of the uh, uh, question that we used to feature on the program. And you know what you've done? You've used up all of our time, Austin. <laughs> I'm gonna have to let you go and take care of your lady and your your child and everything. That's right. Be ready to go to work. We we'll do Ed Maddox Stanford Coins tomorrow morning. Thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you so much. Okay, I'll talk to you later. And, John, we're going to go now, and I'll talk to you uh, in a little while and so on.